Welcome in to the Who Day Den. Our Cincinnati Bengals victorious for a fifth consecutive game, beating the Cleveland Browns 23 to 20 in a game that actually felt like we could have won by 20 plus points, but alas, the 13 point win over the divisional foe that's really had our number the last couple of years feels good nonetheless. And I think this might be for at least like a fifth consecutive week to celebrate the win. I'm joined by Jake to talk about how exciting that was. Who day? Also, I hate, I hate to come in hot at you, but you just said that the Bengals won 23 to 20. Oh my goodness. And I just, I don't want the listeners to forget that it was far it was better than that. 23 to 10. 23 to 10. 23 to 10. I did say 13 point win though. So like you I was did. hoping they'd do some math. You know, you're just uh, tech checking. 23 to 10. 20, how about that? Like right off the rip, someone's hitting play for the first time on this podcast. They hear the the host on the intro say the wrong score. They're like, no, they're not even hearing the apology here. They've already closed it out. No, no, that's, what, about that's that. what gets them going. It engages them. It's just I'm, what I'm trying to do is just show that I'm human. Some people think I am just some some superhuman, um, you know, database of Bengals information. And I'm just a human myself. And I was actually wrong a lot for those that did listen to the last episode previewing this game. I thought it would be higher scoring. Um, I think I think. No, I don't think I definitely know every one of the player props I took last week for vivid picks missed i took the over on nick chubb rushing yards which i wasn't going to touch it and then it went down from the 80s to like 70 something and i was like oh they'll give him 20 carries for 70 something yards um i took the over on amari cooper receiving yards which looks really nice after the first quarter and then he disappeared and then i took the over on joe mixon receiving yards and that did not hit so it was a rough week i was i was wrong about a lot i missed the score uh, here in the intro, but something I was right about. I said that this Bengals team that the Browns were playing on December 11th is going to be vastly different from the one they played on October 31st. And a big reason was the running game came into last week's second in rush EPA since that Cleveland game. And for week 14 so far, pending Monday night football, they rank fourth in rush EPA for the week. So at least got that part right that our running game was vastly different than it was. And I think we saw that play out in the win over Cleveland. And you, also on the flip side, something that vastly changed was uh, getting DJ Reader healthy for this one. Yeah. And so seeing Chubb's rushing production drastically decreased as well. So kind of flipped on both sides of the ball there, which is pretty, pretty important with a, a team like the Browns. Yeah, DJ Reader played absolutely outstanding, and I tweeted that his PFF run defense grade was like 90 or something like that. And I need to know what a 100 looks like because he was a menace out there. And in in even like some games where like we don't see it in the box score um, that he's going to have a ton of tackles, but he impacts the game by absorbing double teams and yada, yada, yada. This was a game he legitimately was making a ton of stops in the run game um, in addition to always soaking up the double teams and stuff. So he had a ridiculous game. Um, Mike San Santagata. I always say his name wrong. I'm just going to say Bengal Sands on Twitter. who's always doing cut ups um, of the offensive and defensive line. He put one up this evening and it was the play that I'm telling you from the 200 levels at the game. You usually don't notice trench play, but I made a note on it because I noticed it 
live and he shed a blocker. Someone tried to like chop block him. He just sheds them, moves laterally, and then gets Nick Chubb on a one-on-one tackle at the line of scrimmage. No gain. And I mean, his lateral ability for a dude that big, the ability, the strength we've seen him show this year, he is a legitimate, like we've talked about not having a playmaker and he's not one that's going to generate turnovers on defense, which is kind of how we think about swing momentum, but he is elite at what he does. Truly. And you, you mentioned in the open, you know, you are human. You're going to make mistakes, but our guy, DJ reader is not human. The guy's an absolute freak. Like you said, the ability to go side to side, but also have the strength that he has and the power that he has. is just, there's not many guys that combine those traits the way that he does. So, yeah, we, so we usually will go through for those that are listening for the first time and you stuck through the host, uh, fumbling through the incorrect final score of the game. We usually will go through offense, defense, special teams, all that stuff. And we still probably will touch on them a little bit, but I wanted to go with more just a overarching, some takeaways you have from this game. It could be from either side of the ball. It could be specific player. It could be scheme related. Any of those. I had a few I wrote down. I don't know if you want to start or you just want to comment on mine, but because you are um, while still re while still a guest, you are a reoccurring guest. I will let you decide what direction you want to take this. Let's talk takeaways. Uh, I'm interested. I want to hear uh, at least a couple of viewers. Maybe I'll share some. Uh, maybe we'll maybe, have some of maybe the same. If we're lucky. Maybe our <laughs> brains are in sync. I don't know. We've great. been podcasting a while now. I think that's a thing. Been so. potting a lot. Um, so the first takeaway I had from the game was the roughly 60-40 split in snaps for Joe Mixon and P. Ryan, which was pretty much exactly what I wanted to see. And I guess there's a scenario where maybe that number changes because this was Mixon's first game back and maybe it goes closer to like 70, 30, 80, 20 or whatever as the weeks go on. But I honestly would not hate it staying at 60, 40 because they both bring different things to the table. And I think in the, in the game, there were two plays that I made note of. And I actually uh, was texting you during the game about it. It's like P Ryan made a play that I don't think Joe Mixon regularly makes. And that was where he bounced off the tackler and scored the touchdown. Um, it was on the opposite end zone from where I'm sitting. So I literally just see him go into a pile of guys and then just, he pops out and granted it was bad tackling and whatever else, but so many times Joe Mixon goes down at like the first tiny contact. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Joe Mixon makes that play, but that felt like a play that was, um, a microcosm of what P Ryan brings that maybe we haven't seen from Mixon, which is just that kind of more of a quote unquote bruiser North South and bouncing off guys and dragging guys. But then on the flippity flop, Joe Mixon makes a play that I don't think P Ryan makes. And that was on the 40 yard burst through the right side, down the sideline later in the game. Like I, I, I think P Ryan hits, hits the hole with fierceness and strength but even though Mixon's not the fastest dude, he you know eventually got caught. But he has like a little bit more of that extra oomph to get downfield and make more splashier plays. And I was like, that's awesome to see from a team that in week 14 or whatever we were in now, that we have a, a, a backfield that is coming into form of like what it could look like in the playoffs, which is, 
I mean, I don't want to be a run dominant team when you got Joe Burrow back there, but we can. Like, if we want to bruise it, you got third and one, you can run Piran out of shotgun and he'll very likely get it. If you want to maybe salt the game away a little bit and you want Joe Mixon in there who has the the extra upside of busting a long one, we got that too. We got it all. Yeah. And I, I think you mentioned the the 60 40 split. The really nice thing about having two backs that although they don't necessarily do the same things, they, they both do certain things well. It gives you the ability to keep them both fresh, which I think is exciting as we enter these kind of last four weeks of the season heading into the playoffs. You want guys running like it's September. So Mixon having a few weeks off and now being able to seed some of his, his uh, rushes or snaps to Samaje will hopefully keep him fresh as we go. Uh, he did, like you mentioned, he he, he looked like he had some burst, uh, especially on that long run. He missed, made a few guys miss, which we talked about early in the season. His numbers were not great at yeah. breaking tackles, and so it was nice to to see him do that on a on a couple of occasions. Yeah, so that was probably my biggest takeaway on the offensive side of the ball, and I'll touch on another one of those later. My biggest takeaway on the defensive side of the ball was. Um, I don't know the best way to to say this, but we got to kind of see both sides of the coin with Cam Taylor Britt, which I think is very much expected from a rookie, and that he had a few plays where, I mean, PFF gave him, gave him a pretty poor coverage grading, I'm guessing just because he gave up like six or seven catches or something like that. Uh, he was targeted a lot. They were picking on him, and there were – the first two plays of the game, I think, or maybe it wasn't the very first two, but it was the first drive. Uh, Watson hit Cooper on the outside. He just beat um, Cam Taylor Britt on a comeback route. And then the next play, uh, they had somebody coming across the formation that Britt was kind of slow getting caught up to. And I guess that technically goes against him in coverage. So I saw some of those and I was like, man, it's going to be a long day. That's why I thought my Mari Cooper thing was going to smash um, his yardage prop. But then you see the plays he makes. And one thing I made a note of during the game was like, this dude is not going to miss tackles, at least not very regularly. He's going to be a hard hitter. He's basically um, a bigger Mike Hilton, the way Mike Hilton just puts his nose down and makes plays and rarely misses tackles. That's what Cam Taylor Britt feels like on the outside, which is nice to have because you'll you'll get those situations where your cornerback has to make a tackle one on one. And I feel good about him flying around and doing that. Uh, and then you saw his ability to play the ball had the key breakup in the end zone on a pass intended for people's Jones where he broke that up as well. So you saw some good, you saw some, maybe I wouldn't even say it was bad, but like maybe not as good. I think he's going to be picked on as a rookie, but it actually has me pretty excited about his, his future prospects. And I think these reps are so important and this is a separate thing. So I won't spend too much time on it now, but the fact that, that he's getting these reps because Awuzie is out for the year. Maybe he wouldn't be getting these otherwise. Um, and yes, I would much rather have Chidobe in here right now for our playoff push, no doubt. But these are really valuable reps to be getting as a rookie. And so far, like, yes, you have some of those, those lumps he's taking, but I think he looks like a guy that as he becomes more polished, he's going to be extremely aggressive. He's going to tackle well. And he might be the guy that we've been talking about. We need a playmaker defensively he might be the guy that turns into that for the Bengals over the next few years. Yeah, I think one thing I, I couldn't help but think of when you were saying that you're, you're loving the, 
seeing him get these reps with the one silver lining with all of these injuries that we've seen so far this year is that it's really felt like young guys or guys that haven't gotten many opportunities have stepped into roles and performed, if not super well, at least better maybe than anticipated. And so to see him get reps and come up big in the red zone and the end zone, um, see him taking on blocks, seeing him come up and make strong tackles at the line of scrimmage and things like that is really, really promising for next season because you're looking at getting a woozy back. Hopefully he can kind of return to the form that he's been at, uh, that we've come to expect from him. And then you get Eli Apple, who also has been stepping up, I felt like, in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's exciting. And, I, and it looks like with Trey having the uh, busted up wrist that we're probably going to get to see a little bit more of Joseph Osai if his shoulder mm-hmm. is not too too messed up from this week. But, um, yeah, it's it's been really cool to see, even though we've lost really impactful players, like even Jamar Chase or DJ Reader, you've seen guys step up. And Trent Irwin, who had the big play on the flea flicker, uh, and I think a couple of other catches as well. Like It's just guys that you, you're not necessarily counting on making plays and contributing to wins. It's It's not only good to know that they can do it when they when they need to be called on. But I think that kind of stuff galvanizes the locker room and really brings teams together and, and is a positive moving forward into the playoffs, even when you get healthy, to have that camaraderie and trust built up. So, uh, it, yeah, that was that was I, I had that same thought as well, um, because it, it feels like we we all as Bengals fans collectively railed on anytime Samaj P. Ryan stepped on the field. Like, why is he taking snaps from Joe Mixon? And in the Super Bowl, he takes the key third and one snap. Um, that all summer long was like, why didn't Mixon get that? Then he comes in when Mixon goes out and just balls out and shows that he can be dependable uh, for a, it, it's not just necessarily a flash in the play, a pan. It's a sustainable play for him for a few games that if something were to happen or if Mixon needs a breather, Pirine is a stable dude. You talked about, you know, Awuze goes out and Cam Taylor Britt. Yes, he'll have his ups and downs, but I no longer, I was worried when it first happened, the injury first happened, and it was like, how are, how is this defensive backfield going to fare? And if yeah. I do want to put another, like, uh, notch in my belt, it was, I think, before the Kansas City game where I said Jesse Bates has to step up like he did at the end of last season, and he was all over the field on Sunday, had the interception. He was flying I, I, around. Look out, look out. He's heating up, ladies and gentlemen. Heating up. I had this thought, and I, I'm i not a an expert by any means, but I, with DJ Reader's ability to control a line of scrimmage, and we talked about this weeks ago when he was on, on the verge of coming back, but it feels like when he is in the game, there is more freedom and opportunity for guys to fly around. It it yeah. feels like there's more room for linebackers to read and react. It feels like maybe you're, you've got one less guy in the box or near the box, which makes it harder on the quarterbacks. And it's just, it's impossible to measure that kind of impact, I think. But maybe we can see of linebackers. Sam Hubbard lining up. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> the mad scientist Lou is back at it. Man, he's in his bag, man. I mean, this is a, this is a really exciting. Like, I I will say, even personally, 
I've had some doubts in the back of my head about the teams we've been beating lately when it was like the Falcons and the Panthers and it's like the Steelers. We haven't beat a good team yet. Is it are we is is our success a product of that? Then you do it to Kansas City. Uh, we, we did it to Tennessee, of course, and we did it to Cleveland, who. No, they're not a great team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they also have had our number. But then like the last you know few games, we've we've seen Coach Taylor in his bag and Callahan and those guys offensively calling great game plans. You've got Lou calling great game plans. And it's not just the players that are rounding into form. It feels like these coaches are also performing at a really high level with their schemes and play calling and things like that. So that has me excited about no matter who we're playing now that we're going to be able to be competitive because we not only trust our players, but there was probably a real lack of trust in Zach Taylor, especially early in the season that now I think most people trust that they're going to, they're not going to be, they're not going to be ones that are holding us back. If anything, it's going to be probably lack of execution. Uh, So that has me pretty excited about a a deep run for our Bengals this year. Tell me this though, Taylor. Uh, Okay. Kind of related, not really. Uh, in that first quarter, when yeah. T, it was like I, I second play maybe when he, he takes the ball off the hand and he's shaking it and immediately oh, Ty- goes out. Tyler, Tyler so you said T, me, Tyler. I think you meant Tyler Boyd. Yes, Tyler Boyd. I just want to yes, correct please, you here please in do. front of the entire audience. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for keeping, okay. me, keeping me sharp there. I was trying to say when Tyler got hurt and then T was non-existent and we started saying, mm-hmm. okay, why isn't he out there? Uh, t- were you at that point a little bit nervous just thinking here we go again no. it's the browns we somehow are cursed we can't no. beat them i weirdly was not okay. because i'm usually the guy that has the doubts uh, like even when i thought we were going to beat the titans a few weeks ago i still had doubts i didn't know if we were going to beat the kansas city chiefs but i definitely had doubts about okay like i know we're good enough to but we've already beat them twice in a row okay we really do it three times in a row i came into this game before the game a little anxious about it doesn't it hasn't mattered lately that we're better on paper because they just are a bad matchup for us but once the gate like once i was at the game i just felt really when it was zero zero at the end of the first quarter and we were punting the ball and whatever i still felt pretty confident i think that um we were gonna i think i think like if that was a game where we got down seven to nothing but we score first and it's over, right? 14 and one the last two seasons. So uh, once we scored first, it was, it was it was a wrap. We just were basically just playing this one out. Now, I wasn't too nervous. Did you get nervous? I don't know that nervous was the right word. I think my one of my first thoughts was I was kind of like you coming into the game. I felt confident because of just because of the way that the, the offense has been humming the last several weeks, the way that the defense has just proven again and again they're ready to step up. They're they're willing to mix things up and and kind of do things that aren't necessarily expected by the other teams. So I wasn't really nervous coming in, but my first thoughts when I see Tyler go off the field her and T just stand there, like clearly not going in, my first thought is, okay, this this is a recipe if the Browns were going to win. These I feel like these were the type of things that they kind of needed to go their way. So, like you said, once things kind of get rolling and you see the way the game's unfolding, you don't really – I wasn't really feeling nervous. But I did have that thought of like, well, if they were going to pull it off, these are kind of – this is kind of what they needed to have happen. Yeah, I mean, I did I did say that to my dad. Like, when we committed some penalties on special teams and, um, like, Burrow just didn't 
he wasn't hitting all of these throws early on, like the swing pass to P Ryan. He kind of rifled at his head. Um, he was a little just off. a little bit, just a little bit off. I think, it, I think it's when Miles Garrett is on the field. Or <laughs> yeah, or water anyone, I mean, you're gonna have that initial kind of like I need to settle in here, make sure my line's feeling good today, you know. Yeah, I think I that's kind of him. that natural. But he 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 got more uh, sharp and accurate. I felt like as as the day went on. Yeah, I like early on. I did tell my dad, who I was at the game with, this is the stuff you can't do if you want to beat a team like this is basically this is how you keep a lesser talented team in the game is these types of mistakes so it was in the back of my head like this worries me a little bit um but once we scored and and even though it it was a 23 10 game and we definitely should have scored 30 plus points um and we didn't and i wish we could have put them away at the end there even more emphatically i still felt like it was a pretty dominant game like after the first quarter where it was zero zero and everything was slow. Burrow was three of nine for 22 yards in the first quarter. So it was like really ugly. <laughs> um, but once he kind of got on track a little bit, I felt pretty good about this team. Also, can I, can I just say this? Um, of course. You aside can. from the fact that obvi- it's just great to win and it's great to kind of have the like, Oh, and five thing behind us. The narrative was just tired. Like, I've never heard one person mention, and this is more talking about national media, I guess, but though they were all like, oh, the Bengals, they can't beat the Browns. The Browns are their kryptonite. Joe Burrow, he's not not a Brown beater, whatever. To me, obviously, we had the game earlier this year on Halloween that didn't go our way, kind of spiraled, and you you end up losing pretty badly on the road. Uh, You had kind of a similar game last year, early in the season or early-ish. Um, but sandwiched in between those two games was the last game of the season where the Bengals are resting player. Joe Burrow didn't even yeah. play in the game. Right. So that one, to me, is not even – that's not even a real game. Maybe the Browns would have won. Maybe not. I don't know. And then the two before that, it, they were both, from what I remember, pretty high-scoring back-and-forth games. Yeah. That just kind of came down that to the Thursday wire. night game. I think he had like as a rookie that Thursday yeah, night game. Yeah, had, had, had a pretty good game. Four hundred yards yeah. or something crazy. And then the one was um, Baker as a rookie. Had yeah. had from what I saw, Baker's best game ever. The one in Cincinnati. I think OBJ tore his ACL in that game too. But that was the one where I feel like Baker went like twenty-two of twenty-four. Yeah, or something and, like and that. Let him right, like let him down for the game-winning touchdown drive with less than a minute on the clock or something like that. Like it. It was truly one of his best games, which, you know, great for him. I don't have anything against Baker, but it was just this tired narrative of like, oh, the Bengals haven't beat the Browns in five straight. And so I'm glad to have that behind us. I'm looking at a 2020 game just because I felt like I had to know. Wait, was this the Thursday night game that I'm looking at? I might be looking at the Thursday night. No, one was on the road, so I don't. So this one was at home. That was a game Baker went 22 of 28 for five touchdowns. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Five touchdowns and yeah. And uh, Joe Burrow, that game had four of six, three touchdowns and uh, interceptions. So and look at these throwbacks. AJ Green actually performed that game. Seven for 82. Uh, Mike Thomas, two for 54. Geo five for fifty nine. Drew Sample five for fifty two. Uh, anyways, Listen to we're that getting cast off track of here. characters though, man. A cast of characters. Um, did, did, 
Uh, do you want to hit on any other? That's like what Joe was thrown to yesterday. Honestly, he had three of his top four targets on the sideline. Well, here's here's that's a good segue here. So I felt like I don't know if this is like a takeaway that I'm an actionable thing or whatever. It's more just an observation. I think Sunday's game did not hurt Joe Burrow's MVP chances. Not the way Tua's game Sunday night hurt his chances. Tua's out of it now. Tua's out. These last two Um, weeks, he's out. He's completely out. Uh, But it didn't, Joe didn't help because I think Bengals fans that watch the game understand context. The general voter that's not watching every single game does not understand, does not understand or take the time to understand context. So they see barely over 50% completion percentage. 239 and throws an interception. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he hurt himself. Like it could have been worse, but he didn't help himself. No. So he still needs, like we mentioned, a couple splash games. Those have to mm-hmm. he needs a couple splash this games. This week against like, Tom Brady would go go a little way. They'd be huge. That for sure. Go 350 with three touchdowns. Get that splash game. But at the on the other hand, as much as I want Joe Burr to win MVP. He should be in the MVP conversation for the rest of his career. Every he should year. get one at some point. And I don't hate if the fact he doesn't win an MVP is because our running game is efficient enough to not require him to drop back and throw 45 to 50 times a game. Like if he doesn't win because he's only thrown for 260 or 270 a game um, and they're not flashy, sexy numbers. And we're still winning the games. I I don't really care, but right, um, and that's kind of the. I mean, it would be nice. It is the catch twenty two, but when when you say that, it makes me think of Justin Herbert, who I'm not trying to start any fights because I I really really oh, here we go. No, I really really like Justin Herbert, but he like he has to pass a lot because their run game has not always been very efficient. So, mm-hmm. like when you look at his numbers, they look insane. Like he's he's got the most completions, the most yards by any quarterback through the first three years, which I mean, don't get me wrong. He's amazing, and I love watching him play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it helps you have those numbers when you have to throw the ball a lot. And uh, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm glad Joe is not in a position now where we need him to be throwing the ball 50 times a game because that, that's typically not a recipe for um, elite success. So, All right, so I don't. It, it's been a little too early to talk about playoff seeding and who we want to play and all that because I didn't want to jinx anything. ESPN now has us at 98.7% likelihood to make the playoffs. So I think we are at the point now where I probably should wait till next week before we get too deep into these conversations. But I want to talk playoff seeding. I've got my uh, eye. Right? I'm glad you were talking you about this. On. I'm glad we're going to have another week to kind of see where things land and think about it a little bit more. But I will tell you. I've been thinking a lot about it over the last 24 hours, so I'm ready when we get there. I mean, I've mentioned the ESPN playoff machine thing for the last couple of weeks, and I've, I've been playing with it. And there is there is a off chance that we get the one seed. It's going to require Kansas City to lose some games against lesser opponents, which I think won't happen. I think there is a pretty uh, decent likelihood I don't know the percentage. If I had to say like how how confident I feel, and I would say there's like a 35% chance maybe we get the two seed. Again, would need some help, would probably need to win. I, I would say win all of your conference games here on out. If you're going to lose one, it has to be, which I'm not saying I want to, but it has to be to Tampa Bay because they're in the NFC. 
win the rest of your conference games, including Buffalo. So you have that head to head tiebreaker if you need it. But as of right now, the Bengals are the five seed because we are tied with Baltimore at nine and four and they have the tiebreaker. I want to quickly, quickly, as quickly as you can look at Baltimore's schedule. They're nine and four at Browns, Falcons, Steelers at Bengals. They have four games left, assuming we are not um, sitting anybody the last week and we're playing our starters. How many more games do you think they win? I think the odds would be pretty decent that they'll go two and two over the final four games. I, I could see them losing to the Browns and obviously my hope is that the Bengals beat them in the last week of right. the season. So because they would have the tiebreaker over us, if we have the same record, unless they lose to the Browns and the Steelers, they're going to have the better divisional record, which would be the tiebreaker. So we would need to get to 12 wins, which means we need to win three of four down the stretch. We have obviously Buccaneers, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, and we're already assuming in this scenario that we beat the Ravens. So then you need to win two games between either the Buccaneers, Patriots or Bills. And it feels doable to me. It really does yeah. to get to 12 wins and Baltimore sitting at 11. And if we get to 12 wins, I do think we're sitting at a two seed potentially. Uh, I just want to host a playoff game, really. I really do. Coincidentally, Taylor, if I, yes. I think if we go back to our preseason pod right before that first game. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure I predicted a Bengals 12 and 5 record. Oh, we'll have to go check that out. I was feeling optimistic at the time. The, the, I've, the Steelers I win in week one made remember, me feel not so great about that. Yeah, I vaguely remember, I think. But now I can't remember if it was you or Gabe when he was doing like the schedule thing. But I do remember like talks of 12 wins, but then backing off of that because it was too aggressive. It's very possible. I don't know if that was you or Gabe. If the Bengals go three and one to end the season, I think everyone would be like, yeah, that, that's probably about what I would expect with those four opponents. Um, I think if the Bengals go two and two over the final four, I think a lot of us would feel kind of disappointed. If the Bengals go four and no to end the season and stretch this winning streak to what, what would that be? Nine games? Nine. 11 of 12. I, I wouldn't necessarily be that surprised, honestly. I'm not okay, predicting it's going to happen. This is a whole. This is a whole other thing. I would not feel good about going into the playoffs on a nine-game winning streak. I wouldn't love it. I simply would not. But I kind of chances would love are, it. I, I would love the fact that we won nine in a row and we'd be going in hot. But when you go back to chances and the odds are, and like, yes, odds are you're not going to beat Mahomes three times in a row, and we did it. Um, we likely would have to do it a fourth time in a row in the playoffs, which already feels like, oh, that's going to be tough to do. But you're talking about winning nine games in a row to end the regular season, and then you would need to win, what, four more to win a Super Bowl or something like that? So you got to win in the season on like a 12 or 13 game winning streak or something. And that's hard to do. Like, I say hard to do. That's obviously extremely difficult to do. It's really hard to it do. Never happens. Never really happens. Hard. And I'm like, if <laughs> I, sh I shouldn't even go to this, I'm probably if... not doing a Bucks preview episode because. I feel a cough coming on, and I just uh, <laughs> you're I'm a already sick guy these past couple. You are sick. Everybody's dude. sick. Kid, kid has a double ear infection again. Um, Good great. Yeah, everybody's sick. <clears throat> so I'm probably not doing one. So instead of telling telling everybody I will and then not doing it, I'm just gonna say I probably won't. Um, 
But as much as I hate to say this, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we lost this game. <laughs> I I can't believe Take I'm it saying back, it. Man. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we win those next three after. Like if you're gonna drop one, I want it to be this one. You lose the game, you reset against an NFC foe. Um, you might even get some help if Cleveland's beating Baltimore. Like we're not losing ground necessarily in that area. Um, and then you win the next three against teams like Baltimore, which we need to beat head to head, uh, Buffalo, which would be ahead of us at the time you beat them head to head. Uh, and then obviously new England who's fighting for a playoff spot as well. You win those three. I don't really care if we lost to Tampa Bay. I know. I don't, I'm not predicting right, loss. This right. feels like I'm not allowed to say it, but of- I'm just being honest. Yeah, if we lost this game, I I don't. It's not the end of the world if we if we win the next three. I actually wouldn't hate it. With with the injuries being the way that they are, kind of at at the moment. Yeah, um, we haven't mentioned you mentioned it in passing, but Trey Hendrickson broken wrist out for a couple weeks. Oh, side messed up shoulder finger, week to week. Yeah, is there's, there's a there's a lot going be out on. again this week. Tease day to day. Okay. Um. Yeah. So you could potentially be going. In, for the second straight week without three of your top four targets. How about this? Your best what pass if, rusher uh, and potentially his backup. What if the Ravens lose? Joe Burrow throws for 370, four <laughs> touchdowns, and we lose 30 to 28. His MVP, his MVP I want, numbers I, uh, get inflated. But I want Joe Burrow to be Tom Brady. I know. I know. But Tom Brady doesn't even look like Tom Brady this year. So it's like... It feels like if we would have beat him last year, it was like, oh wow, he was playing at you know a near MVP level. This year, it's like Tom Brady and that team. I don't, don't care. Look people great. only people only remember the record. So five, like five years too. now, they'll be like, oh, what was Joe Burrow's record against Tom Brady? I want it to be one and zero, not zero and one. Yeah, or whatever. And I'm just you, obviously you're not rooting for the Bengals to lose, but I guess no. and to me, I see the. Be like, oh, you can lose, kind of reset, get the fire burn, whatever, whatever. Joe Burrow to me is a guy that will never stop burning. You're not winning 13 games in a row to end the season. Why? Or 14 or whatever it takes to win a super. It's not happening. Who? Well, it might. Okay. The Bengals yeah, could be it that, might happen. that team. The Patriots won 16 or 15 games in a row to start the season. Was it? Do they go undefeated? Yeah. No. They they were 18 They, they went 17. They lost in the 18 Super Bowl. Okay. They were 18 and 0. Yeah. So you can so win 18, 18 games in a row. You can. It's happened like, you know, one time and <laughs> didn't end well for them. I would like I bet they would have taken a loss somewhere there to have the Super Bowl back. Look, as a Kentucky I'm basketball fan, I'm very aware of the it kind of helps you to lose a game because we had that 38-0 yeah. record on the line in the final four. Yeah, you drop one, you shouldn't lose to Wisconsin. I will say though, like the I would I would say probably though, the difference, and that I'm thinking that way too of like what, but like the difference is I really don't think this team, if they're riding any sort of winning streak, are going into these games tight. Like, uh oh, we've won ten in a row. Like they've already been looking at every game for the last month as like this is a playoff game, need to win it. Like, so I'm not worried about like oh if they win they're gonna get so tight about it or. I don't think they're going to get lackadaisical about it because we're so close to the playoffs. It's a shorter season. It's different. I just go with back to the odds. The odds are you're not going to win 13, 14. You're in slave a row. to the and numbers. And my ultimate, and my ultimate goal is a Super Bowl. Yeah. So if I have to lose one of these four games, sure, you're trading one to any increase day. Increase my odds. Yeah. 
I'm going to lose the one against an NFC opponent. That's all yeah, I'm saying. That, I'm not I think predicting a loss, not rooting for a loss. Sure. I'm saying if it happens, I won't cry. Um, Fair enough. Cry. Uh, cry. Bengals or Christmas Carol. Uh, if the Bengals lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I will not have a blue Christmas with that loss. I, I was supposed to do Christmas I, uh, karaoke. I think you're too. I, I was trying to figure out. I think you were singing the words, but your tune sounded like a different song. Well, it's because usually you'll start with, I'll have okay. A okay. Blue. So I just went straight into blue. It's hard to do in the middle no, of you, a, you, you haven't. You did. I mean, you sounded good. I was just confused for a split second. All right. No. If I, if I was, that was on like me. My Elvis, if I had to go with my Elvis to start, it's like, <clears throat> I'll have blue. It's like, it's very like, oh, oh, oh. wow. You sound just like yeah. Austin Butler. I don't know who that is. You mean Elvis Presley? No, you sound like Austin Butler doing Elvis Presley. Who's Austin Butler? He's the dude that was that just was Elvis Presley in the, in the movie. I didn't even know there was an Elvis movie. Oh my! You, what are you a fan? Is it on Netflix, Hulu? Or um, what? I don't know if it's streaming yet or not. It came out like in the past year. It was really good. I enjoyed I it. Didn't. But Austin Butler, he's like the old Disney actor, played Elvis, okay. and. Uh, it, I am kind of like an actor, yeah. You, I mean, you could act. Yeah. That's all podcasting um, is, just acting. That's all acting like voice you know acting. talking about. Voice acting, this isn't my real voice. This is an auto-tune or a, uh, like a, whatever. This is AI. Not an auto-tune, but like, yeah. Um, you seen those AI uh, oh, yeah. things you can do now? That's I've been seeing it. I've, I, I, I was intrigued by it. I'm like, ah, I wonder what I look like as a robot. <laughs> but... Um, it feels like this is some way for the, the government or some other country's government to get my picture. They already have it. Why would they want it your just, picture? I don't know. To make fake for passports deepfakes? and smuggle. No, and they're, they're going to be doing deep fakes. So if you ever cross the line, yeah. they're going to be making videos of you doing crime. And then you're going to be behind bars. Exactly. Forever. Yeah. And all because I wanted to see what I look like as a fake person. It's like, eh. Well, let's, yeah. let's face it. We're on camera, literally. Is that conspiracy? Right is that conspiracy theory, or is that? Um, you could say that. Is that too deep? You could say that. It's too deep. Okay. I mean, anything goes these days. Yeah. Um, moon landing, real or no? Very real. But Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. That's that. That no one will ever convince me that that actually occurred the way people say no. it occurred. I mean that you no, couldn't you couldn't you. write a cornier script than the that's, a, jail that's actually straight being out asleep of and the camera yeah. being broken or whatever yeah. like that's like that's like you would watch that in a movie and be like oh, oh my gosh yeah that was in an episode of Blacklist and I was like really yeah come on big fan of Blacklist I love Blacklist Liz Elizabeth it's been King. going too long though let's it should have been like five, I honestly four haven't five watched seasons. the last like. I haven't watched. The I'm last doing a rewatch right now on Netflix, so I'll let you know. I I'm not up to date, so I'll let you know when I get caught up. Uh, confession time. I'm doing a rewatch of One Tree Hill. So wow, with the wife. Uh, yes, Good. only because Good. she makes me wait for her. Oh. I would watch it all through by myself if she didn't wow. watch. Good for you. I'm that invested. You, well, you're invest you're in, a fan of the basketball. Scott career. You're watching her yeah, for the Nathan basketball, Scott. right? Yeah, 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 that's why. Yeah. Uh, he just re-signed with the Charlotte Bobcats spoiler. So wow, I never made um, it that far. So that really was a spoiler. 
season seven, you'll find out uh, how that all plays out. Uh, but yeah, Bengals sitting pretty. We're, we'll do a more in-depth playoff thing and look at possible matchups. I'm excited about that. Who we want to play and don't want to play. I love the hypothetical game. I love the, um, would you rather play this team or that team? Mm-hmm. If we win this game and they lose this game. Like, I love that stuff. That's why the playoff machine is so fun for me. Um, right now, we uh, have a 13% chance to make the Super Bowl, according to ESPN, which is okay. the fifth best fifth best odds. There you go. Not bad. I wonder Unfortunately, what, there are... what do we start the season with, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Actually, I have that screenshot somewhere on my phone because I took a picture of All it. Right, you can tweet because it Because I remember thinking... I remember thinking, wow, this is like pretty disrespectful. <laughs> the disrespect. The disrespect early on was At all time high. Regression, regression. Was... Oh my goodness. Don't get me started on that. Um, yeah, so anyways, I this is where we conclude the podcast, I think. Unless there's anything you want to add. No, I, I actually have a couple of things I want to just briefly say. Please. Yes, yes, yes. Um, one, this is a stupid personal gripe of mine. I wasn't in love with the announcers yesterday i know you were at the Uh, game so you yeah can't really comment um i cannot but i felt like they weren't great you know you had you had the the chris hubbard instead of the sam hubbard when he made a play um Mm. that happens i mean these are guys these they're not Bengals fans they they cover all the teams um but I, i just i didn't love them i thought could have been better I think that they kind of really underplayed the fact that the Bengals were playing without top receivers. I think it makes a difference. It's kind of a big storyline in the game. I think the whole national media kind of kind of missed that. And like you said, that's just context as fans we know. Um, but yeah, I didn't didn't love that. And then also going back to uh, Deshaun, we we didn't really choo choo touch, touch that at all. Here comes the train. Um. Yeah, I don't thing, want to touch. One, the no, this, so this will be only. This was strictly on on the field. Uh, okay. Something. Get. I think. Get the laughs out now. Obviously, he was not good yesterday. Missed some throws. Did not look yeah. sharp. But I will say, if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm enjoying this while we can because I don't know that he's going to be bad forever so yeah i mean he hadn't really taken meaningful snaps in like two years yeah. or whatever so people forget that he was I think there's really some, like a top five quarterback yeah some dancing on the grave um, right now and, and you know rightfully so because yeah. you know the, the off-field stuff but i'm just just saying and when we go into next season and we get these guys again let's yeah. let's not be looking back at this game being like oh deshaun sucks this is in the bag, whatever, blah, 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 because the guy's, the guy's going to get better. I I looked up a tweet, and I don't have the like ESPN odds, but they I do see they had – I have no idea what my source was here. I probably just Googled it, but I tweeted this in August. They had – the Bengals had the 13th highest odds to win the Super Bowl at plus 2,200. And to win the Super Bowl, we are at we're at number five too. We got a six percent chance to win the Super Bowl. So that seems like higher than plus twenty two hundred. Now I'm not I'm not really good at this gambling thing, as evidenced by Vivid Picks. 
No, this isn't a stats podcast. This is a uh, speculation and intuition and fandom pod. Yeah, fandom pod. Uh, I'm a big fan of you joining the pod. Uh, thank you so much. How's that for a segue? That was incredible. Thank you. You, you got a future <laughs> in this. I sure do. As long as I can figure out what the score of the game was. Right off the well, rip, that's right why after I'm I here. Hit, literally as I hit record, within 10 seconds, I put I said the wrong score. Well, I can see you. The listeners can't. It literally looked like you were reading it off the screen. And no. it tricked my brain because I was like, he's reading that. So maybe he is right. And then I was like, no, no. I watched it. That's not right. You did watch it. Yeah. All right. The Bengals nine and four. I, maybe. I don't know what it is either about this time of year, but I can't even keep track of what their record is. As soon as the game ended, I asked my dad, I was like, are we nine and four or eight and four? Uh, the wins, you know, you just win and you mm. just keep racking them up. It's hard to keep track of all. And the 17 game um, season is going to be, I'm not going to be used to that for at least like three or four more. Probably by the time they add eight, an 18th game is when I'll get used to 17. When but. you, when you lose a game, you know, you know, your record. Yeah. I feel like when we're winning games, it's the opposite for me though. Like, I'm just like, no, cause you're not worried just, about it. Just like, oh, I know. I remember, I remember watching, I, I blacked out on Halloween night for that terrible game. Um, but the other game since then, Panthers, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, like I remember all the wins, but if you, if you ask me the record right after the game, I can't remember, but all that to say the Bengals sitting at nine and four, 99% chance they're going to the playoffs. So we will have some deep playoff talk and they may or may not beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that may or may not be okay for some of these people on the (laughs) podcast, but, um, yeah, but <laughs> long game here. We're uh, trying to win a Super Bowl. That's right. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. I had so much more I just thought of, I should have said, but podcast is ending. I'm back on, by the way, I so one of the things I will say, I've got the orange jersey has been a part of this winning streak. Yeah. And so whatever bad was on it early in the year, I think, you think it's, it's gone? gone. You think this all the stench is, is off yeah. the jersey? Um, I did find I have done two different things. So last week I had hands in the pockets of my pants, I believe. And we weren't doing so hot against Kansas City for a stretch. I put the hands in the hoodie pocket, which was under my jersey and things went well. So I kept them there for the remainder of the game. Uh, This past Sunday, I had a hoodie jersey and coat on over it. I at halftime got cold and buttoned the coat up over the jersey. And when things started not looking great, unbuttoned it. I was a little bit cold, but I took one for the team and we closed that game out. So it's probably why you're I hope sick everybody, right now. I, yeah, I hope everybody else listening in is also doing their part, whether it's a, a lucky outfit, whether it's yep. it takes all stance, of us standing, sitting, squatting, same seat. I don't know what you do, but whatever you do. And have done for the last five games. Keep doing it. Yep. Let's keep that juju and uh, the the momentum and good vibes going. Good vibes only. <laughs> GVO baby. <laughs> the Taylor special GVO. The P the PVO is where my special weren't they? Yeah. Or was it the GVO? No, GVO is your, I, I your remember, thing. See, PVO is the real deal. Okay. Oh, okay. GVO is that, that's you. All right. The GVO. Um, you want to close this out here? I'm just rambling at this point. No, you're you're doing great. I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing here. Um, yeah, I'll close it out by saying that it's a long year, but we're coming up on the end pretty quickly. 
We got some some holidays going on here in the next several weeks. We got some weddings going on here. Things are getting busy. Congratulations and in advance. Thank you. I was fishing for a compliment and you delivered. Yes. Um, You're look beautiful. I am getting married. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so soak it in because the, the playoff run is coming and it's going to be awesome. And we need to, to be just locked in. So that, that's what I, I want to say. All right. Well, you've gotten um, not a lecture, but an encouragement, I think, from host and co-host here keep doing what you're doing luck wise and also enjoy the ride it's ending quickly uh, as the season end approaches at least the regular season we'll be playing for a couple more months until next time Bengals fans who day <laughs> who day now <laughs>